Three, two, one. Boom. Doc Hill. Are you going to start or am I? You, because you're the podcast master. (laughs) I'm the color guy. I just like fill in. The color guy? They call it the color guy. Oh, whoops. What's the color guy do? Like, uh, I don't know. I just kind of chime in. I add to your good thoughts. <laughs> what if I have bad thoughts? <laughs> then I criticize you for them. <laughs> this is the truth. Anytime I say anything you don't want me to say, I, I get the look. when I like, and then I blast you when I don't like. Oh my gosh. So true. All right. So I'm taking a little video of you because we're sitting on our front porch here in uh, outside of Three Forks, Montana. It is just fields of gold clover. Um, It's been gorgeous here for weeks now. And uh, I'll share some video on our social media. People can see it. But can you give everybody a wave? No. Hey, I like that wave. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful day today. It is. Yeah. This is, uh, this is why we signed up for Montana, right? These summers are, uh, so far have been great. It hasn't been too hot. It's, uh, yeah, we're kind of like right in the middle of it now. So we get like a few raindrops every day. It's so different than Washington. Instead like of raindrops all day, every day. Yeah. So yesterday was the 4th of July and we just stayed home. Uh, and shot our bows and cooked, and I'm going to Seattle today with the girls for work and vacation, so we got ready for that, and, um, yeah, like, while cooking, you see the storm cloud rolling in from the, from the west, and then it, like, thunder, and then a little bit of rain, and then 30 minutes later, sunny. Back to nice and warm and sunny and great. So, we're like, yeah, we like that. Summer thunderstorms. Yeah, I got a chance to uh, tune in my my bow yesterday a little bit. I hadn't shot it much, so um, got to get ready for. We got we're close to the Big Sky Total Archery Challenge now. So, mm. are we, we actually shooting in that? Yeah. Are you? You I'm probably gonna are. I'm going to go shoot because normally back in Washington we used to have the uh, Northwest Mountain Challenge, which was fun. Mm-hmm. So we'd go shoot that and have have a fun day up there, but. A little too far to travel now, so we're we got one local big sky and it's total archery challenge. So we're gonna go uh, play at that one. Yeah, I think Mountain Ops too has like created this mountain um, party village thing. I forget what it's called. So, cause total archery challenge, I know sold out like mm. months and months ago. Yeah, you had to sign up pretty early. Yeah, but they're now having these like mountain village. It's like a big party for Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and stuff, I think is a sponsor. And so you can just go to the T to, um, tack. I think that's what everybody calls it. And you, even if you're not shooting, they'll have things to do and stuff. So for the people that didn't sign up early enough to actually get into the, um, yeah, there's like, you know, there's like a movie night. I don't know what night that is. Probably Friday. Isn't it full draw film? Um, here at Big Sky, I think it's a full draw film tour i don't know yeah um haven't been to one never been to attack before well aren't you isn't your isn't the phelps show going to be in the full draw Mm -hmm. yeah that's cool the one that we watched at gritty night in uh 
at the Hunt Conservation Expo. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I thought what we could do, because I'm heading out again, you and I see each other probably for like a day here, <laughs> a day there, a day here. Oh, it's a holiday. Yay. Because we actually get to stay home and be together. Yeah. For about a half a second, we thought about going and doing something fun for the fourth. And then we're like, nah, we're never home. Let's just stay home. And when you live out in the country like we do, you know, it's only a 30 minute drive to Bozeman and it's like a, what, an hour drive to Ennis maybe? It's 40 minutes. 40 minutes. It's not that far. An hour to Helena. I mean, it's an hour to Butte. We could pretty much go anywhere we wanted here and do stuff. But when you drive all week and you're out, it's like you just get home and you want to stay home. Even our kids, you know, sometimes the kids are like, what are we doing? I'm bored. I've yet to hear that living here because we spend so much time in town and driving that once we get home, the girls are like, we don't have to do anything today, do we? Can we just stay home? So I feel fortunate that um, yeah. we've gotten a nice place to call home that everybody wants to be at, which is nice. Yep. Um, wow, look at that. The wind totally died. That's one thing we do have out here. We have a lot of wind and it just is like super still right now. Yeah. On the plus side, shooting in the wind um, definitely teaches you how to shoot in the wind. Oh, yeah. So it's uh, that's a good thing, trying to trying to hold your bow steady when it's blowing 20, mm-hmm. sometimes more, is tough. And uh, I can shoot right off this porch, and uh, as soon as it gets off this porch, it usually hits a sidewind. So it's kind of fun playing around, really gives you a good idea of what your arrow is doing, and um, some of the things you need to change on your setup to be able to shoot in the wind. So I do like that benefit. I shot my bow yesterday for the first time since I moved here. Yeah. It's been probably since last summer, maybe even since last train to hunt that I shot my bow. Yeah. It's That's been a while. really sad. Yeah. She got a, she's got an older, what is that? PSC stinger. It's a great bow. I love it. Yeah. I, I don't see why I would ever need well, I don't know. Maybe if I was going to after maybe go after animals, I might need a newer one or something. But it's nice. I don't think so. No, you shoot it great. No, we got yeah. it from Corey Miller um, back at his shop there in Rainier. Yeah, he outfitted since, me. So. I knew nothing. I was like a total greenhorn. I knew nothing about it. He fitted me out. That's my first bow. I really like it. And then you had some really good shooting instruction from Mr. Joel Turner. Right out of the gates, which is not a bad thing. Every everybody, If everybody could start with like some really, really good instruction from a guy like Joel or from Joel, um, we'd all be better shooters. I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you what, I knew absolutely nothing about archery. And Ryan's a really good archer and he's very patient. So he taught me the basics. But I didn't really understand. Well, a husband can only teach his wife so much before she... <laughs> Just doesn't want to listen Especially when I'm as stubborn as I am. Yeah. But I really didn't understand when people would say, oh, he punched that. I didn't understand what that meant. I I was like, isn't that what everybody does? Aren't you just supposed to pull it back and like bang, like hit it? And then we went uh, with Gritty and his wife um, to the, to, to Joel's place. And we learned his, his form that he does. What's it called? Uh, it used to be called Iron Mine. Now his his uh, practice is called Shot IQ. So it's controlled process shooting. It is. It 
within two hours, Mm -hmm. literally, I was shooting completely different. I 100% understood now what it meant to, um, to, uh, what's the word I just said? To, uh, what was I just saying? Pull through your shot, execute a good shot. No. (laughs) To not punch your trigger. To punch the trigger. Like, I didn't know what that meant before. He taught us that, what he, what he teaches. I immediately understood what it was like to punch it. And then that pull through um, technique. Hook and pull instead of punch. Yeah. It is. And your arrow hits the center every single time. And what's weird about it is it's almost shocking. You you feel like you got shocked every time you do it because it, it's like your brain is not totally ready for it. Because I think when you punch it, you're just like, okay, I'm tired. I'm just going to hit it. And with that, you just pull, 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 pull. It's like, and then it's like it goes when it goes. But it... Bam. Yeah, it's called surprise. Every time. Like a surprise every shot. And uh, yeah, even as little as you shoot, you can just step out in the yard here and, and shoot really good just because you have that, that form down and you have that in your head. So Yeah, it's worth it. Benefit. I think he's got an online program, doesn't he, that, he's, that he does? You can I think learn so. it from him. but He does a lot of classes. I, I, would, I would take the class. I recommend anybody go. Yeah. I, I would never Joel. learn that. I would never learn that from an online thing. I don't feel like I having him actually show. I mean, actually having anybody who had learned that from him show me that would make such a huge difference. I was like, oh, that's what it feels like. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he makes average shooter shoot extremely very, very well. And beginning shooters out of the gates, they're shooting very, very well. It's it's pretty cool yeah. how he's able to do that. But So I shot that bow yesterday, and you're shooting... You got a new bow too. Yeah. Yeah, you got a PSE too. Um, and it's funny, it says I'm like, does it say stealth on it? It says the stealth word on it. Yeah, it's a carbon bow, it's a stealth air stealth from air. PSE. Yeah. Yep. It's a great bow. I wasn't sure about it and then um Corey Miller talked me into it and he he really liked it and uh I, w- I wasn't sure how I'd like it with the grip and everything. It's just a different kind of bow with the, being a carbon. But, man, I started shooting it, and, and geez, it shoots really good. It's really smooth. It's light. It's only 3.2 mm-hmm. bare bow. And of course, you add stuff. But, um, no, for a backcountry bow, it's great. Really, really like how it's shooting right now. It is money. So I'm looking at the target right now, and you pretty much have them all right yeah. in the- yeah, I like my bow's my bow's on, so excited mm. about that. Okay, so I thought what we could talk about today is we've been there's a had a there's a lot been going on here lately. Yeah, I haven't um, done a podcast in a while. I've been kind of out and about doing stuff. Yeah, so here why and don't there. You, why don't you tell everybody what you've been out and about doing? And then had, we can talk about this last weekend, our huge event. That yeah, went over super three, well. Three big things. We had the bear hunt in the spring. It's mm-hmm. quite a while back now, but we never really talked about that. And then um, and then Brian and I went to New Zealand, South Island, Southern Alps, and played around down there. And then um, and then the Western Hunting Summit we just got done with. So we're mm-hmm. we're like um, kind of like relaxing after that that was fun really good time that was a, <laughs> relaxing that's a good word you were like uh i couldn't even I see tired. straight after that with jet lag and you came home you were here like 
one and a half days or two days, you drove to Washington. You did um, Dan's elk shape elk camp. Shape camp yeah. Then you drove home, and then um, you were like, and then we started on Thursday. You were home for like two days. You drove home, and then you took a bunch of guys up in the mountains, and then we did the four day weekend. Yeah, Monday we were just looking at each other like we're gonna do absolutely nothing today. Yeah, that, but you were still jet lagged. That jet lag is no joke. I haven't flown much. I haven't really. No. been around i think russia was your last big trip and that was like 20 years ago and then it's like basically alaska it's just not that far yeah um so yeah i haven't done that in the, the new zealand trip it's about 20 hours of flying um that's a long time one yeah. of those flights is 14 hours i think it was from san fran to auckland so uh yeah and just how it works going there and then coming back you gain a day it's just um yeah and yeah, we I mean, we can talk about it, but there's a reason why I didn't get hardly any sleep for about three days there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was a little little droggy because you were tired. trying to save some money. Exactly, and I did <laughs> save some money. Everything comes down to saving the money, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I got all the every scrap of meat home um, from all the tar and chamois and all that, and then okay. Got all so the back up. Home. Tell us what you did. And I know that um, Gritty, you and Gritty went together in Brian Call. You guys have amazing footage. There's going to be films coming out, just like the Bear Hunt films, yeah. right? Yeah, start off with the Bear Hunt maybe just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let's we'll talk about the that. Bear Hunt a little bit because we haven't talked about that. Yeah, there's um, – so, yeah, Jeff Lusk, myself, and Brian – um, for those that don't know or haven't seen that video, the videos that have been out, we did a spring bear hunt and um, into a, just a really cool spot. It was a spot Jeff and I had figured out um, prior and learned it and then uh, put all that knowledge into going back in. It's funny, um, Jeff and I were, were planning this trip for a while. We really wanted to go back. We just thought, okay. We're going to do a few things different this year, um, different gear, an ability to cross a river, um, time frame, all that was going to be a little bit different. So we're getting this all ready and we're getting fairly close to the trip and I'm talking to Brian on the phone and, um, and, uh, I was telling him, yeah, what, what we got coming up and he's like, man, you know, I don't have, I don't have anything going on at that time. Can I invite myself on that trip? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, let me check with Jeff. And uh let's let's yeah, I don't see why not, but we'll, we'll I'll check with him. And Jeff was, yeah, a okay for that. So yeah, we all teamed up and went. So Brian invited himself. Um and I'm glad he did because man, we had a great time. Um just uh went into some big country. It was an area that had um, reduced bear tags, so each of us were able to buy two tags each. And they do those reduced bear tags for reasons. You know, a lot of people just don't get into that type of country. Uh, it's an area where, you know, predator uh, management isn't really working. People just don't get in there and thin those bears out. They need it. It's, they need a few more thinned out. So, again, it came down to money because reduced bear tags are 41 bucks a pop. For an on res so um yeah, that's a pretty good deal so we each got two bear tags not knowing if we'd fill them but if we had opportunities we would so we went in there and um 
you know, I'm not going to tell the whole story. If anybody wants to watch the story, they could just go to Brian Call's YouTube and, and check it out on how it worked. But had a great trip. It was everything we wanted. We had, you know, really steep, gnarly country, big hikes. Um, had some epic pack outs with heavy weights, all-nighters. One of the nights, gosh, we uh, we we ended up getting our bears. We took three bears one night, one evening, all within about 30 minutes. And then, uh, um, man, that night, I don't know, I think we got home, we got back to our uh, little bench that we camped on at 4.30 in the morning. We got to sleep about 5 a.m. So it was just an all-nighter. And then we got a few hours of sleep um, right next to, uh, yeah, and we had a black widow right in our we spotted right when we were uh, setting up our camp there, but um, we were too tired to worry about it. So we just plopped down our floor list and went to sleep anyway. And I think we got three hours and uh, then we went back and, and finished up the pack out, but had a great trip. We ended up taking five bears of the six. Um, you know, we didn't see gobs of bears. We saw the bears we saw, we ended up getting on. Uh, we were just seeing some real good you know, mature boars and whatnot, but I think we only saw seven bears. We took five of them, um, which was great for that area. Uh, there's a lot, you know, there's, there's a lot of bears, but so that trip went great. We ended up, uh, putting three videos out on that. There's another one coming out here very shortly this mm -hmm. week. By the time this podcast airs, it'll probably be out. It's, it's the last, last video. So for four video series, but um, couldn't have been more happy how that trip went out. And then, you know, Brian did an amazing job on footage. I'm not the greatest camera guy. I'm trying to learn this stuff, but Jeff, obviously, if anybody knows Jeff Lusk, he's, uh, he's one heck of a camera guy, uh, great all around guy in camp. I mean, just a stud and that with Brian's talents on editing and he's the same way. He does a really good, uh, a lot of good video. They put those together and came out with some pretty cool stuff so um yeah so those videos are out if anybody wants to check them out they're they're out there that's some know, really good really good feedback on those videos they are great I think videos brian did a really good job yeah even my dad um who doesn't hunt he called me while you were gone and he said oh man ryan posted these videos on his facebook page so i thought i'd watch them Oh my gosh, is that what he does? Holy cow, I have a whole new respect for, you know, what you do. He was just blown away. And if you know my dad, he's so far from bear hunting, <laughs> yeah. anybody you could think of. And he was like really impressed. He said, man, they were just so good. And well, and, and also it's surprising, <laughs> you know, we educational kind of, and yeah, yeah, we put a lot of educational pieces in there. And, um, you know, we talked about what we do with these bears a lot of people still don't know what you do with the bears they don't know that we eat them so we put that in there and it's it's just uh you know it's common sense for us i we love bear meat you love bear meat the whole mm -hmm. family loves bear meat it's just really good and there's there's still a percentage of people out there that don't know that bear meat's any good or that we even keep it um and then you know obviously idaho is the is kind of an odd state in that bears you don't actually have to take the meat out have to take evidence of sex and and skull and hide um you know attached to the evidence of sex but so you don't what actually is the have evidence to of sex you have to take their privates yeah attached to the hide it's really easy to do oh but 
right. We we're not really there for the hides. No, we ended up taking those hides out because they were really nice coats. Um, Brian are we gonna up, make something out of them? Brian ended I up talking. I noticed they're me. in the freezer. They are. Yeah, need to tan them up. But uh, I've never really. It'd be nice to have like a hides nice out. bear rug that the dogs wouldn't destroy. But... <laughs> yeah, hides are hides are cool. Hides are <laughs> a bear rug by our new fireplace, babe. Yeah, just gotta just gotta get them tanned and all that. But um, there's a reason why I've never really been into hides, and one of them is the weight. You know, usually mm -hmm. we're pretty far back. I'm usually used to be by myself. I haven't done a whole lot of solo stuff lately, but um, never really even considered taking the hides out. Once you have a couple. You know, it was always like, why do you need more? But it was more about the meat, getting that out. But, uh, no, we took the highs. We got skulls. We got all the meat and, um, you know, came back, canned a bunch of it, froze a bunch of it so we can do fresh grind with it. It's it's just really good. So, you know, I think education-wise, the videos show that, you know, this is what we actually do with this stuff. We're not just out there shooting them and, and leaving them and, and whatnot. And, um yeah, a lot of non-hunters were commenting on that, so it's kind of cool. And my favorite one, I think it was the third one, is like the river crossing. I mean, Gritty did such a good job at editing like the whole, like how he river crossed Indiana Jones. And then yours, Paley and I, when we watched it, we watched that when you, I think you were in New Zealand when we watched that one. We were laughing, like the Bob Marley crossing the river. You're just like all chilled <laughs> out, and your hair's flying in the wind. It's like slow motion, and then Brian's is like, dun 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 dun. He's trying to like go well, across the river. It matches our personalities. Brian's pretty intense. <laughs> he got on those sticks pretty fast, and uh, was yeah trying to rip that boat across the river. Um, I've done a lot of rafting, a lot of rowing, and so um. Yeah, I just rode across. <laughs> My personality is a little I more laid back. I think we watched it over Brian's and over again because we just but, had it was so it was so perfect. Yeah. We were just like so perfect. But no, I mean the editing, even for people that don't hunt, I think it's just a great. I mean, I would say the third one is a little bit of a crazy mess because, like, at the end, you guys are like, "There's a bear! There's a bear! There's a bear!" You guys are running up and down mountains brian's grabbing your gun <laughs> it's like what yeah. is going on here but yeah um, it got chaotic that last day which was really fun um, yeah yeah but it does show it really shows how much work goes into it and you know how much work it takes to find a bear and then to get to the bear and have a good shot on the bear and make mm -hmm. sure that you're um you know you're, you're doing it right but holy cow i love also too the you're like we'll just we'll just go down this and we'll just run up that side and the bear will be up there and like gritty's like got his selfie stick and he's sweating and panting and red going up that hill after you you know you're just like Dur -dur 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 -dur. you guys are running up that hill to get those bears but i don't know it was a it's entertaining and it was educational and well, what I think is cool I think non-hunters even like you watch it and you go wow so all these crazy. years you know um one of the disadvantages I'm seeing now it's it's um coming to light more and more that I hang with Brian is uh when you have a lot of video and photos at the end it's pretty neat because your family gets to see what you did. Yeah. I've done this so many, so long and you guys never really get to see what I do well, back no, there. And you bring home like video, you bring home like pictures and then you bring home these like 
random videos. There was never ever a video of like actually Anything put together. Getting it, it and then it doesn't like show the story. Yeah, it doesn't show the story. So you get half of your videos are you talking into a camera going, "Okay, I just got it." But it wasn't this like I mean, this was showing all the different aspects mm -hmm. and it does, it makes you, it makes you really get excited about watching it and seeing it. Whereas before, you know, if you're not in that situation, like you are, and you're not experiencing that, it's just not as exciting. Yeah. But now we get to watch well, now you, that now and it gets it's like, to tell the whole and story and chewing on so. a firecracker. Oh, yeah. Is that a firecracker? Oh, it's a, a piece of cardboard. Ginormous thing of stuff coming out of it. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But, no, it's it's cool having all the really good pics from Jeff and Brian and obviously the video and then it put together. Mm -hmm. So, you know, your kids and anybody in, outside of your family as well, um, non-hunters or just non-bear hunters or people that haven't done that kind of a backcountry trip, um, you know, get to see it and see it for what it is and how they kind of work and what we put into it and all that kind of thing. Yeah, so. definitely, definitely did that. Yeah. So everybody's kind of waiting for the fourth one to come out. That's the problem is <laughs> well, you start creating films like that and then everybody wants – every week, everyone wants a new film. Well, and it's like so much work. I know Grady's been working yeah, so hard. Yeah, what people hard. don't realize is the amount of time, like putting those together, taking all that footage, putting them together, um, a little bit of creativity there. And then, yeah, Brian, Brian's a work workhorse, man. That guy, yeah. that guy really puts a lot of time and effort into those. <laughs> he just – yeah. He calls me one day. I'm driving home from work because he needed the pictures off the SD card from you. And he's like, I I see that he called me. So I call him back on my drive home because I got about a 30-minute drive, which is about a good time amount to talk to Brian. Because once you get on the phone with Brian, it may be 30 minutes will be your short conversation, right? Oh, if you can get out with less yeah. than an hour. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I call him back and I said, did you mean to call me? And he's like... Yeah, I figured you know how to get the photos off the SD card, and I really need them. Could you send them to me? And I said, sure. And he said, exactly. Where is Ryan right now? Well, you were getting ready for the Western Hunt Expo, and I know you were getting all your food prepared and stuff. And I said, I don't know. He's probably at home making peanut butter balls. <laughs> and Gurney's like, oh, I need those pictures. And I figured you could do it for me. And I go, yeah, okay. And the amount of editing, he's just like, I have literally, since I got home from New Zealand, I've just been sitting 14-hour days at the computer yeah, editing. So those films take a lot of work. Yeah, they don't just happen. They, uh, Yeah, it's impressive, all the uh, time and effort and energy that uh, goes into that. He was actually, he put so much time, so much uh, into it, like sleepless nights um, or less long days. He was actually, uh, for the New Zealand trip, he was kind of sick. Like he got, he wore himself down. Um, going into that trip, but we I hiked it, we hiked that little cold right out of him once we got to New Zealand. So. <laughs> Detoxed it right out of him. Yeah, but no, it, that was a yeah, it was kind of a rush. And, and why we didn't get the fourth video out is we had to immediately kind of turn around and get ready and take off for New Zealand. So, which was a trip we had planned for well, quite a while. Which was a trip that I never knew I'd actually end up going on, but. We'd, uh, we kind of planned this out last year and, and talked about it and, um, we've been wanting to go there forever to see that country, you know, following, you know, stories from Remy Warren, who's spent so many years there. Yeah. He's done so much, um, down there and I just, it's kind of really exciting to want to go see something new like that. Big mountains, those Southern Alps are no joke. And those different animals, those tar really my, my one, um, 
the one thing I wanted out of this trip was kind of learn all about the tar, learn the mountains, learn the country, um, and then just see how hunting those things go in that type of terrain. And so, yeah, we, we, we had, we carved out two weeks and, um, Brian, myself and Luke, uh, who Luke is, the, was the camera guy. He did mm -hmm. a lot of the, a lot of photography and the video work and stuff like that. Um, really good kid that, uh, is very talented and, uh, he came along with us. So we, we got down to that South Island of New Zealand to, to go chase tar for two weeks. Hmm. So. Yeah. You weren't around much. I got like maybe one text a day from your Garmin. Uh, so I know you were in the back country for a lot of it. I sent you a message on our anniversary. Like a quick message. Mm. Oh, that's right. It was our wedding anniversary, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, you know, most days were good. Most days were like, I didn't die today. Um, I'm still alive. Everything's good. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. all right. That's well, awesome. So here's the thing about this trip. We, yeah. uh, you know, everybody kind of recommends a time frame. First things first, you try to figure out when, when's the best time to go chase that animal. Um, when are you going to have some advantages? When are you going to see it? Um, when you want to see it? And uh, most people said go in May. Like May would be a great time to go down there. April, May, um, going into the into that rut and all that. June, you get those really that's their winter. Uh, you get those really nice hides. Their, their hair grows out. It's really thick. They're rutting and, um, and the hides are amazing. So we kind of just figured out, you know, we'd, we'd like to do go in June during their winter when those hides are just incredible. And also there'd be some snow. It'd be a little bit of a challenge there. Uh, less people out there, um, of course, I don't know if that's ever an issue, less people. Now that I see that country, it's pretty easy to get away from people mm -hmm. anytime, anywhere down there. But, um, so yeah, we, we, um, yeah, we went down in June, their winter and really Brian had been there before, uh, once he, I don't know, he wasn't there. I don't th think very long, but he got a tar down there before, but, um, this hunt, we just kind of wanted to get out and get way out on some public land, just get dropped off and um, go for it. So that's what we did. Went there with the intention of kind of splitting the trip up into two pieces, um, flying in to and getting dropped off in an area that we just figured would be far out there. Um, pretty good chance of seeing some tar, seeing the country, seeing the mountains and having some adventure. And so that was our our first stint, uh, as much as I didn't want to do the helicopter thing, quickly realized like the helicopter thing saves you so much time. Mm -hmm. And at that time of year, um, renting like a snorkel rig that you can take up those rivers, people just drive up rivers, drive back and forth and get up these drainages. Um, the chances of, you know, rivers going up, stuff like that, um, breakdowns, the time it takes to drive up, it's just, it's a time killer. Um, you know, savings for money. I don't know that it's there. So we ended up, um, figuring out choppers, the way to do it. It's basically, it's their way of doing a drop camp. You know, here in the U S we got, we do drop camps. We take horses in and mm -hmm. outfitters will just drop you off and there you go. There's your camp. 
um, Alaska, same way on a caribou hunt. You know, you take a float plane in, tundra tires, and they drop you off. Um, New Zealand, they're not doing that with horses. There's just it's just different. So their drop camp is uh, go find a helicopter company and talk to them, and they'll put you in a spot. They're not guiding or anything like that. It's just public lands and drop you in an area, and there you go. Hmm. Um, so what do them, you do? Tell them when you want to be picked up? Tell them up? when you want to be picked up. I think our first one was like oh. seven days later. Um, but then obviously, you know, we got the inReach, uh, so we can message him if we need to get out earlier mm-hmm. or if we want to stay later or if there's an issue or check with weather. Um, you know, if obviously if the day of pickup, the weather's coming in, try to get in that, trying to get out ahead of time would be, a, you know, would make a lot of sense. So you keep in touch with them a little bit. Um, I think I messaged uh, that guy a few times during that stint. But yeah, so we ended up getting dropped off in an area that just a big chunk of public land in some mountains that were, we flew past all the nice, easy, gentle, like yellow grass, <laughs> like rolling <laughs> you guys, mountains. You were like, no, I don't want that yellow grass. Well, we didn't really know what we were going to get. And then all of a sudden um, during that, that that trip up up river it was like wow we are just we just entered into a whole nether type of country rocky snowy had just gotten a couple feet of snow and um and quickly realized like man this is this is a whole new game where he's dropping us and he dropped us there we're looking up at these giant mountains like holy cow you know now we're in it um this is not easy yellow grass you know walk up and down hills rolling hills it's straight up brush too thick to get through um mm. creek beds are your only route or scree fields up to the tops and you know we were rookies we didn't know we just this was a big learning experience for us so not not trying to um only set our sights on trophies or the largest of the large we just wanted to learn tar and um you know kind of bank some information and, and figure it out so that was the name of the name of the game on this trip, and it's kind of what we did. We ended up having some success, and it's a long story, but again, we're going to have videos out. We're going to have those out here in a couple of weeks, so kind of yeah. kind of shedding light on the entire trip. I think there'll be oh, at least a half a dozen, maybe half a dozen videos um, throughout that trip. So, well, I do know that those pictures when Gertie had me go into the pictures, and I went into the Dropbox file. The pictures that Luke, Luke took, I think. Oh my gosh, beautiful! Yeah, just absolutely stunning pictures. And it does pay to have a really good photographer with you. I think about all the years, like back to your thing before, all the years that you've done all this stuff. I mean, we just have pictures from your cell phone. Before that, we didn't even have. We would have pictures from like you would take a camera, a big clunky camera, and you would take these pictures. I'd rarely even take them. Yeah, I would be <laughs> like, "Did you get a picture of that?" And you'd be like, "No." And now it's like mm. having a photographer who's even just the capturing the moments where you're reading maps, you know, where you guys you're tense and you're sitting there like just um, the night sky there in New Zealand. It just looks crazy. Um, yeah. I, I was just like, wow. I mean, just the photography alone is so worth, I mean, how amazing is that for our kids to have those pictures? I mean. Yeah. We, with, without a, a good guy on the camera, like, you know, it's hard to bring perspective on that country. Like the photos I would have gotten with my <laughs> cell phone 
would not have done it justice. It wouldn't have shown, you know, the just the ruggedness of that country and the night skies and, you know, the country we were in, uh, you know, scaling rocks and creeks and it wouldn't have shown any of that. So yeah, having, having great photos is huge and, and Luke did a great job. He's really talented very creative so in the so new zealand do you know this i don't know if you know this kind of like alaska i'm i'm assuming new zealand's kind of at the same latitude it's just south right do you know <laughs> like in the Ooh. summer in their summer do they have long days like alaska does do they have a lot of light because it looks like those pictures that he took at night like there's a lot of light no that's that's just the camera, camera filter yeah, it's camera filter <laughs> Because I, I just a, didn't know if there's camera. maybe somebody who knows, like, you know, <laughs> I haven't been to the southern hemisphere. I've been to this only as far as, like, Istanbul is the farthest south I've ever been. Wait, no, we've been to Belize. We've been on the equator. But, like, I don't understand, like, exactly where it is. Is there a lot of sunlight? It was so the, the nights were... Are um, the days it's short? Their, it's their winters. Are the days short? So, yeah, their their days are short in their winter. Mm. It was um wasn't getting light till... I don't know, quarter to eight, eight o'clock ish. Mm. And then it was dark at by five, um, five fifteen. Well, that's about like here then. Yeah. For our winters. Or, yeah. So, um, yeah, just a little bit, quite a bit different. Um, their animals being in a country without predators whatsoever is pretty crazy. There's just nothing. They're not spooky. You don't, you never hear coyotes yipping. Oh. You never see anything. There's no fox. There's no bears. There's nothing. It's there's possums. We see possums. Um, so yeah, a place without predation. It's crazy and uh, yeah, way different. Really different feel to it. Yeah, I mean, we saw first. We didn't even know what these possums. They were possums. They're just these crazy little brown fluff ball things. And um, yeah, they got like wild cats like feral cats out there way 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 out in the middle of nowhere i guess that's their predator that's like one yeah, of the, okay. the biggest predators and then um yeah crazy those kias the, those mountain like a mountain parrot saw mm -hmm. those up on the mountain quite a bit crazy birds are just really curious like, like a big giant green parrot just comes walking right up to you and <laughs> stands there right next to you and just kind of looks at you funny but, you brought uh, me a. You brought us gifts, and you brought us some hats, and you brought me this beautiful shawl thing, made out of um, wool from the sheep and from possum. Yep. So I guess that's what I tell people. This is made out of possum, and they're like, "What?" And we watched that one movie um, when you got back, and that lady was plucking a possum. Like it looked like cattail, like mm -hmm. poofy. Um, stuff yeah, they're from more a of a furry furry critter yeah. than like so, the possum and i love to. that that thing you got me it's so warm but it's super light it it's like it probably weighs like two ounces or something yet it's just like super heavy when you put it yeah. on i got a beanie down there same thing and i got some socks it's like a it's oh, like no. a wool possum blend <laughs> <laughs> yeah so well i think you liked it i was a little worried about your experience of actually getting there you're not you don't like airplanes. You don't like airports. You get a little nervous with. Uh, well, yeah, I haven't traveled a whole lot. All um, that, but you like. Once you got there. No, it was good. Yeah, New Zealand's a crazy, amazing place. I mean, geez, you, just a little, um, 
airport you land in there you you drop in and there's just these giant mountains jetting out of mm-hmm. the little town you're in and there's just wildlife everywhere uh you see red deer everywhere obviously there's a lot of high fence stuff you see fences um they raise red deer for food elk uh tons of elk you just see stuff all over the place fallows and then everything is mostly behind a fence but i was telling you one of the crazy things is i saw these like fields of not alfalfa but kale like <laughs> kale fields huge everywhere and they would just um you know there's there's a lot of sheep in new zealand and they just um i don't know how they do it but there's there'd be cattle out there and red deer and um you know sheep and stuff like that just grazing these fields of kale massive acreage of kale just kind of different so yeah more uh way more sheep than people in new zealand there's just not that many folks well you know that's where all the really high quality like whey comes from all the grass-fed a lot of grass-fed beef that we get in the united states all this grass-fed products they come from new zealand because they just graze their animals over there on all that green stuff yeah and it's really high in uh, the immunoglobulins for your immune system it's really it's all the good healthy fats so you get like really high quality yeah their markets stuff. actually have pretty dang good stuff we ended up buying uh we came back i was boiling skulls and we ended up buying a dozen eggs and their eggs you buy right at the supermarket look like the eggs that we get from our chickens out in their backyard here everything is very like rich and good nutrition the, the yolks are bright orange and their meat is really good it's all uh, non-gmo in, in new zealand so yeah it's pretty cool it's weird one of the things i told you about the eggs is you know for yeah. some reason we put eggs in refrigerators here um there you just uh kind of like what we do with our eggs from our chickens you just put them on the counter and there you just go down an aisle like it'd be like a bread aisle and there'd be 20 different companies of eggs and they're just sitting right on the shelves hmm. no refrigeration Yeah, because you don't need to put eggs in the refrigerator i think the thing is the rule is once you put them in the refrigerator you have to keep them in there yeah but if you just well, keep them on the kitchen counter and you never put them in the refrigerator they're fine yeah right yeah and they don't you know a lot of our eggs here they get scrubbed so they take that membrane off right. um which um we don't tend to do we just yes we're very like we're very like hygienic in this you know in the country like scrubbing our food pasteurizing all our milk killing everything good that's in all our food you know um it's it's weird but they don't have as many people there either so they can probably do that on a bigger they can do it on their scale yeah and not that yeah crazy uh good food there's like meat pies pastries you get yourself in trouble in that place if you stayed there too long. It's not <laughs> you like, gotta go climb some mountains, like otherwise you're on an food. island. You're toast. <laughs> no, those pastries will—they will suck you in. Once you have one, you want more. They're—they're they're really good, delicious. Yeah. But uh, can't say it's all health food. And... Yeah. <laughs> so the tar, um, you you did bring back um, some of their hides. When you get them leathered, are they going to be like a bear rug, or are they going to? Yeah, they'll look like a grizzly bear on your wall because the the oh. the, the hair on those things. Again, it was winter time, so the hair is at its best. It's at its thickest and its longest, and so the the hides on these things. 
when you just roll them up, it looks like you're rolling up a grizzly bear hide. It's just this really mm. thick, thick coat. Um, and, you know, we took, uh, we took a couple of them had like a blonde, blonde hide, hide like mane around their neck. And then a couple of them um, we took had more of a brownish gray. So different colors. They're not all the same color. It's, it's pretty cool. And so the hides are going to be really neat once I um, uh, take them out of the freezer, get them tanned, and mm -hmm. do all that work. But, yeah, the, the hides and the skulls, pretty cool. We ended up, well, I ended up um, boiling them down, bleaching them. Just went to the supermarket, got some hair bleach, and just bleached them. Tried to make them look as clean and you know as possible, so I didn't have any issues bringing them back into the states. They Obviously actually pulled. sell they sell skulls like that to people for souvenirs. I didn't see any, but because you said you're like gals, I wanted to make it look like it was a souvenir. One of the gals commented like she just thought you know they were clean, they were white, they were like wrapped up in cellophane, and um, and we got them back and. Uh, yeah, they, they were just like, oh, it looked like you bought that from a souvenir shop. So that's kind of what we wanted. You know, obviously you don't want to bring back any brain matter, but it took a long time because I didn't have access to a pressure washer. So it just took a long time getting it cleaned up and, and bleached up and dried and everything. But um, in the end, we got all the skulls back, yeah. all the hides back, and all the meat back. And we've been eating on that meat. And, I mean, what do you think about the tarts? I really like it. It's kind of, it's like, it's like elk. So it doesn't taste gamey at all. It's got good fat content. It seems like a little bit. I mean, we made burgers yesterday and I ground it fresh and then I added some beef tallow. Just that made it really fatty, but I think it's great. We, we had it too at the Western hunting summit last week. All the guys loved it. The tacos and stuff. Um, I yeah, don't know. It doesn't taste gamey. It doesn't taste like venison. Um, I like it. Yeah, which is crazy because when it's you kind of a light color. when you kill it's a tar a... and you go to like skin it out, it smells like a barnyard billy goat that just stinks. Well, I so will I'll tell you. Remember, I got home from work and I wasn't feeling good that really great that night, so I lay down in the bedroom, and our bedroom is next to the kitchen, so there's like a door, and then our master suite is there. And I had the door shut, and I was laying there, and my older daughter came in, and the door was open. And you were in the kitchen doing all this meat preparation. And it literally smelled. I said to Paley, is there a dog in here? And she said, no. And I said, are you sure? Because it smells like a dog that just rolled in poop is <laughs> laying right by the bed. And she's like, no. And then she walked out in the kitchen and she was like, oh. And you said, you'd just been taking tar out of the bag. Yeah. So the and bags. And it really stunk. What I had done is I had cleaned up the meat. Um, individually bagged it in zips and then re-put that in a game bag and we ended up freezing it and doing all that but now anything that touches that hide like my backpack uh, the game bags if it was draped Ooh. over it you get that that smell on it you know these are rutting bowls so obviously there's stuff going on there and they, yeah <laughs> and so they stink and so it's going to take some cleaning to get those um, those hides to where we can bring them in the house. But, yeah, it, it, you would never think, like, when you're breaking them down, you smell that hide. You smell the stink of, like, old billy goat. It's pretty bad. It's really strong. But um, but the meat itself, aside from that, if yeah, you keep it, it clean, it's bad. really good. In fact, on the, uh, the hike on the Hunt, hunt Summit, um, I packed up 12 pounds. I ground up 12 pounds of it. 
brought that up there. And uh, Mark Livesey was like, man, did you put, did you add anything to it? Any salt, any seasonings? I was like, no, I just did it straight. And so he was questioning like, hmm, I wonder how tasty this is going to be. Um, probably should have added some stuff. And Man, we, we, he cooked all that up and everybody loved it. It was really good. Mm. So it was a big hit. And uh, that was pretty cool having tar burgers on the mountain. So yeah. they're tar burritos. It's kind of, you know, what's crazy for me is because you have never traveled that far away to hunt is, is we either are eating, we're eating like, you know, local Western country animals normally. It's weird to be like grinding up tar that's from New Zealand. Like it came from the other side of the planet. That to me is a little bit like, whoa, that's nuts. Um, but I thought it was good. And I'd, I'd be yeah. excited to see what those hides look like when they're done. And definitely hope they're not going to stink. But it would be really oh, They're going to be impressive. They're, um, once you put them on the wall or whatever you do with them, just drape them over something. It, it's literally going to look like a – just with the colors and just the long hair. And just, mm. It looks like a bear. Mm. looks like a big old bear hide. But um, – really cool. cool and that was a big part of what i wanted um you know i obviously kind of want to take mature animals if you can a lot of this trip is more about learning tar learning the country um learning the ins and outs of you know what it takes to do it there and, and get through a hunt but um we wanted those hides really bad like we wanted to come back with some hides and the, the meat but uh yeah so we accomplished that we got ended up bringing quite a few hides back and got them all off the tar and you got a chamois too right? got a chamois yeah we ate a lot of the chamois over there a couple of the nights um it's but chamois are real like a tiny little chamois are pretty small they're pretty tiny and uh i didn't i didn't realize how tiny they were until i'd um shot one and and grabbed it um but yeah no, you so can... did you bow hunt? You weren't bow hunting, right? No, we These had every all... intention of bow yeah, hunting. Yeah, you took your bows. Yeah. Um, so when we flew in the first time, um, man, yeah, the pilot loaded up our, a lot of our stuff. We were kind of handing it to him. He put my bow behind the seats in the chopper, um, the seats that the back two that uh, myself and, and Luke or myself and Brian were sitting sitting by and somehow that my bow did not make it off the flight like we got there and we're tossing gear and everybody's just you know oh no like here there and the other and uh so he takes off and we're kind of looking around like everything's just sprawled everywhere and I'm like hmm, yeah my bow's not here so he took off with my bow but uh fortunately we had brought one rifle not knowing what we were going to be in for what kind of you know what the terrain was going to be like and this country that we got dropped into is not bow hunting country <laughs> at all. Um, you know, again, is is just really really steep. Uh, really, a lot of a lot of cliffs, a lot of little drops, a lot of shoots like av shoots and stuff like that. And um, getting a tar down and then being able to recover that tar and um, and pluck it off the mountain was going to be difficult enough so really happy we brought that rifle because it would have been really tough in that specific spot now we found country later that if we're ever, ever able to go back to new zealand again um boy we really know where you can go and and tar is just made for bow hunting in that lower country mm. um more the east coast uh like 
tussock type stuff, uh, grasses, and more of a rolling hill. You can get right in on those tar with a bow, but where we were hunting them up above, um, you know, the, the tree lines and the grasses and everything where they're just in snow and rocks, boy, that was tough just to get up to where they were. So, um. <laughs> Hey guys, that's good. That's enough. That's enough. Oh, welcome to our world of dogs. <laughs> they don't even know what somewhere. they're barking at. They're just barking. Like Hootie, woof, look at that hair standing up. You look like a tar right now. <laughs> Holy cow. Alright. Enough. Come on, bud. Should I go let Come the on, girls bud. out? Oh. Boom. Go. Go, bud. Go lay down. All right. We also have a dog for sale if anyone wants an awesome, beautiful bird dog. <laughs> we, we have uh, two days before Ryan left for New Zealand, we had, we had gotten rid of all our puppies except for one. Um, and then two days before Ryan left, we had sold one of our girls to a young boy who we were a little skeptical that he was going to take care of her just because he was active in sports and stuff. And he really, really wanted her. And so we, we agreed with the parent, with the mom and all that. And they're really nice people, but, um, the boy just got active too active. And the dog was by herself and she was climbing out of the fence and all this stuff, right? And so the mom was putting her in the garage and working 12 hours a day and she just felt bad. So two days before Ryan left, this woman called and said, we can't take care of this dog. Do you want her back? And of course we're going to take her back. And she's an amazing dog. She's yeah, a, she's she probably one of the best of the litter. Um, little do we know. But now we have four dogs and Ryan in New Zealand four dogs is insane like i thought three was crazy i don't know there's something it's probably like the kid thing it's just like over the top so we're gonna um we're gonna let go of one of our pups but they're just all so awesome but it's too much our lifestyle makes it hard but so we have a little dog farm still going on since october <laughs> i will never let i i've learned my lesson about ever letting two dogs in a season accidentally get together again it's like a life choice that you can't you can't go back on so yeah but well that's cool it sounds like you had a great time yeah we had a great trip um yeah i can't wait till people get to see the footage and all that yeah um, i can't wait to see it i'm just from the pictures i'm i can't wait to see what the video turns out like yeah yeah no it was uh it was all of the adventure that we could handle, that's for sure. That country, mm -hmm. that time of year, um, learning it, we just learned so much. I mean, now there's so many things we'd do different if we went back, uh, similar to any hunt you go on. It's like there's there's other equipment we would have had, um, more safety gear, um, you know, types of terrain that we were going for with a bow versus yeah. rifle, how to size up tar. There's there's just a whole learning curve that, you know, when you've never hunted them, you just don't know, but then you figure it out. So now we feel like we got, a, you know, 
a crud ton more information. So how do you feel about a hunt like that for somebody who is not a seasoned hunter like yourself? Um, I would, would it be super scary? Yeah, oh yeah. I would not recommend where we went. That country, that type of conditions, that those mountains. No, I wouldn't recommend that for somebody who hasn't spent a lot of time in the mountains. Not even mm -hmm. close. That is, um, that is not for a beginner, intermediate whatsoever. Um, gosh, I would go with a guide. I would go with an outfitter if that was one of your first trips. Um, that mm -hmm. would be the smart thing to do. It's rough. It's really, really rough and rugged, and you could really get yourself hurt. And I see we saw Paley and I were looking at the red stags, and a lot of them are like these huge antlers. But you said those are all high fences, right? People pay to go in there and have yeah. a guide and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's different, different type of hunt. Some people want a different experience. Um, you know, I, I could care less about the, you know, 400 plus 450 inch stag. It's just not, it's not the thing that we're looking for in a hunt. It's mm -hmm. not the adventure that you get from doing it outside of that. So, um, you know, but to each his own, Every everybody's got different reasons for why they hunt. So... For Brian and I, you know, we would love to go back someday and go back to public, some of the more of the, you know, off-grid, hard-to-get-to public land, better equipment, obviously, um, as far as crampons and ropes and harness and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, there is there is so much opportunity for somebody to go there and shoot a giant animal if you want to go with an outfitter. Um Gosh, we know get all the wind. we know people that that outfit there. You could sit here. There's no wind now, and they, you know, they love it. They have a great time, and their clientele love it. That's what they're there for. Um, they're not there necessarily to push their bodies or, you know, push their their um, skill level to see what they're see where they're at um, physically and all that kind of thing. They're there to have a good time. Maybe go back to a lodge, eat good food have an experience and yeah and get an animal and that's fine um but that's not what we're looking for so we're just we just do it a little bit different but and and it's got so much there's a ton of private land there's a ton of ranches um good guide outfits and whatnot but then there's you know walk-in places um you know flying places there's just a ton of public land as well if that's your your style that you want to hunt in new zealand and um, yeah, it's kind of made for anybody and everybody. Definitely, uh, if you were a new guy and you wanted to do it on your own, you just got to do your homework, find places that, uh, that suit what you're trying to do, what you're trying to get out of it with a bow or rifle or whatever and that we saw. Honestly, we, some of the lower country that we hunted the last couple of days, um, very, you know, very doable for anyone. It's not your crazy high country rocky snowy it's not that at all it's more of a rolling um he'll just walk in can rent a car go to a trailhead hike in and, and hunt and um you know an intermediate guy could definitely do that hunt for sure hmm. and do it with a bow <laughs> dogs trying uh, to drink some coffee we had to here. move because the wind at our house goes from like north to south or south to north and when you sit in the wind tunnel and everything we had to move so we you don't hear too much wind all right well let's talk a little bit 
about our event. Um, I, you know, we talked a lot about it on the podcast about it, advertised for it, did all that. Um, the Western Hunting Summit, which is our first annual one here, we did in Bozeman um, at Big Sky Archery. And then you did two days on the mountains with the guys that signed up for that. And I think it was a great success. <laughs> yeah. No, I think everything worked out amazingly well the group we had was perfect um great size great attitude uh the presenters were all really really good their presentations the education part of it was amazing um you know the hike that we did before the actual event was awesome just got to see so much we (laughs) we ended up um going in to a spot that uh you know our spot changed the reason why we we never really plucked a spot originally is because you know there's snow and just not knowing what we're going to be able to get into but we just kind of picked a spot we could all just get together and go for and ended up going in quite a few miles um and uh you know parked it on this ridge and it was about the right distance for everyone some of the group was the go-getters and they they peak grabbed uh 10,800 foot peak and then um and then a lot of guys were pretty comfortable just getting to that saddle and, and parking it for the night and, and glassing up a lot of critters. Geez, we saw, I think that evening, um, Thursday evening, we picked up six different grizzly bears. Yikes, that's scary. Oh, I don't know how many different <laughs> black bears, eight to ten, maybe different um, blacks. It was chocolates, a couple of jet blacks in there. It was pretty cool, a blonde. Um, saw elk, saw goats, saw... Uh, a couple of muleys, a couple of muley bucks uh, Friday morning there. Um, no, I had a great time sitting on that ridge glassing up critters and talking and eating some good food and um, big hike out the next day. And and then, uh, yeah, Friday went really well. We ended up crushing everybody's souls with a mountain tough workout. <laughs> it was brutal. After the big hike, a lot of guys are pretty stoved oh, up after the I hike. I can't and... imagine doing that because we did a workout Saturday. I I had to quit because I was basically going to vomit, but it was awesome. <laughs> it's like one of those things you do and then you're like, when you're done and you kind of, it's kind of like train hunt. Yeah. Like you get done and then you're like, I want to do that again. But you're like, I could not even that night, the next morning, I couldn't even roll over in bed. I had to swing my legs off the bed and like push myself up because my legs hurt so bad. My butt and my legs from the massive amount of squats and burpees and lunges and running. And yeah. Yeah. Mountain Tough was was really good. Those boys at Mountain Tough know how to put out a workout. Um, Man. They just, um, that Friday after guys, like I said, they were pretty wiped out. A lot of them were already stoved up, especially after just driving back from our mm-hmm. from our hike. We got back and and then had to go to a Mountain Tough to the gym there. Ended up over at the park across the street. And um, geez, Dustin and Ara, they just put the guys through a just a grinder of a workout. And uh, how they did it and what they did was was really good. And I think everybody in the beginning was pretty like oh man i don't think i can do this right now body's hurting by the end though after warm up and um and doing it and having a little team environment there it was it was good and everybody was pretty happy they did it Mm. but uh it was brutal at the barbecue that night everybody all the guys were standing around like 
oh man, eight o'clock's gonna come really early tomorrow because we had education starting at eight and they were all sore they were all tired but so many smiles so many happy people um we literally had people come from north carolina texas pennsylvania Pennsylvania, california iowa washington oregon colorado and maryland i mean like and we had one guy from bozeman um ryan and it's like for people to come and invest their time, invest their money, um, invest their, you know, um, invest their bodies, really. Like a lot of these guys, some of these guys were totally had never even climbed a mountain, right? You had a couple of those on that trip. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that they just haven't spent time in elevation. So elevation alone was a big deal. And then uh, distance and elevation gained on yeah. the hike was pretty good. Um, none of, hardly none of those people live at elevation except maybe uh, Colorado. But they all, um, no, they all, you know, brought the will to, to get up the mountain and do whatever it took and, and learn and, you know, put forth the effort. So it was pretty impressive what uh, a lot of the attendees were able to get through and grind through on um on those four days it was it was really neat to see so a lot of really good feedback even though it was hard um that second workout was pretty cool but um that was that big sky archery in the mm-hmm. gym itself so no i think i think overall it went really really well friday night was a lot of fun we did a we did a shooting like a challenge kind of a walk back challenge for everyone um and surprisingly, a lot of these guys have spent some time on the range. Like they've done some shooting. Uh, you know, guys were guys were hitting the the uh, I guess you'd call it the eight ring. It was it was a walk back. And what we wanted to do is see who could win out of the attendees. And whoever won that would face Brian Barney in the uh, in the finals there. And, so we had Brian Barney shoot against whoever won. Uh, a fellow by the name of Dennis Stokes won from the attendees that night. And uh, I think it got back to like 90 or 100 before he beat Brock. And so we went back and did it again with uh, Dennis shooting against Brian Barney. And, and man, if you guys, anybody out there doesn't follow Brian Barney, um, the guy's just a stud. The guy is one of the hardest working guys he he runs the eastman's elevated podcast podcast, yeah and he is he practices what he preaches he loves what we do he uh he's just a great hard-working honest guy that that gives everything that uh that he has and he you know hones his craft i mean he is a great shooter he's really fit um and uh lives right there in ennis montana so good guy and you know i I wasn't sure if anybody could beat him, and they didn't. He it got the walk back. I think got back to a hundo, and um, you know Brian's putting him right there in the in the pie plate, basically. And uh, just for kicks and giggles, he stepped it back to one ten and drilled it again. And so he won the challenge overall. But uh, Dennis shot really, really well, so that was kind of cool. And and um, so the shooting was fun. After that, it was more like uh, we ate a bunch of food, good food, and. Had some music from Dave Brinker. It was a fun night. Yeah, and we had it at Cody Rich's place. He has this um, beautiful spread up uh, close to Highlight Canyon, which is the 
which is the south side of Bozeman, if you've ever been to Bozeman. And I mean, just an absolutely glorious place. It was clear, it was sunny. Um, and we couldn't have asked for better weather for that. It just, it was perfect. And um, yeah, and then the education was great. We did food for everybody. I mean, I just love getting to meet everybody. That is really, I think the funnest part about it is getting to talk to people, uh, getting to know where they're from. And and uh, we we really got to meet a lot of cool people. Yeah. So our goal is, you know, what is our goal with this? We, we'd like to do this every year. We, we had a lot of success with this, meaning everybody, almost everybody that came said they want to come back next year. Um, and we want to up our game and we want to, the presenters that we had, honestly, all of them were stellar. Okay. I don't even hunt, so I'll raise my hand, but obviously I hang out with a lot of hunters and I put, we put this together and and I did a lot of the back end coordination um, on it. And, you know, we lined these, these, Ryan lined the speakers up because he obviously knows what he wants to hear about, right? What people are going to want to learn, especially. Um, our demographic was a little bit different than we thought it was going to be. I felt like, you know, we were going to market all to new hunters who needed total mentorship and all this. And it turned out to be a good range of like brand new guys to like super experienced guys that mm -hmm. have been hunting a long time. Um, that, yeah, that and, just are there to, but that's the thing is that. uh hunting. You never know everything. So no. every one of us, even the presenters, we learn things from the yeah. other presenters. And so it really doesn't even matter about your experience level. We had Brian Barney do his presentation, um, you know, basically backpack hunting and, uh, you know, he's, he's a really good presenter. Um, he's got a lot of great information. He's had a lot of experiences. Um, we had Paul Medell there, the elk nut, and he had a ton of information. And, and <laughs> I had no like, idea that elk like have all these emotional moods and calls <laughs> and he like has down like what kind of cow call it is and if she really wants to get it on or if she just wants to call in her herd or if the guy <laughs> wants to fight or if he wants to actually like yeah. find his cow and then there's like different intonations and different tones and and the way you ram your antlers into things like i mean i was like holy cow he's like speaking elk speak i had no i had no clue oh, about i could all listen that. to paul for hours he He's great. He's a, he's, he's really animated. He's, he's obviously he's, spent a lot of time in the woods. He's listening excited to elk. about elk hunting and that was yeah. great. So he had his presentation and, um, I had mine more about gear and nutrition and then you had yours, um, talking about, <laughs> I think everybody, when I started talking, they were like, uh, what is going on? Well, it was important information, um, health inflammation, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then we had, um, Gosh, we had a Mountain Tough talk quite a bit about what they do. Oh, and they're motivational. Yeah, and that was great. And then, jeez, uh, we had Randy Newberg come in. Um, Randy was great. Randy dropped a lot of really, really good information for guys that were paying attention. Randy told some stories, but he also dropped some really valuable information. And uh, that was really cool. And, uh, you know, we all learned some things from that. But There's a lot of wind. Yeah. Should we move? So, um and then the next day, we kind of started the day off with uh, one of my favorite presentations, and that was from Mark Livesey. And yeah. Mark crushed it with digital scouting and, and everything. So, um, no, it was really good. And I'm just sitting there. And then, uh, hey guys, oh my gosh. 
Get out of the way. Yeah, we gotta go in the house now, folks, because you're probably hearing wind tunnels coming through. Oh, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, hopefully half this podcast isn't just wind, but it's kind of how it is when you live on the prairie. So anyway, yeah, so Mark, uh, yeah, Mark crushed it um, Sunday morning with his presentation. I think Mark could have went for another four hours on digital scouting. He's just a genius with that stuff. And he always, he's got all these creative ways to, uh, to look at different, different, uh, apps and mapping systems. And, um, no, well, I, really, again, I really enjoyed Mark's presentation. I don't understand scouting. And I watched his whole presentation because I was like, geez, this is like just the way he presented it. Makes oh, it really interesting. Every one of every, everybody there, um, got something from Mark's presentation a hundred percent. Probably we all probably got pieces from everybody's, but, um, really valuable, valuable stuff. And then, yeah. um, Dan. Yeah. So then, uh, I, I had Dan Staten there, elk shape, Dan, Dan, the fitness man. Um, he, he kind of finished off everything that day and it was, it was really motivational again really motivational if anybody's mm -hmm. heard dan or you know seen heard his podcast he's just a, another hard-working guy that uh that really you know just outworks everybody and and is super successful and very in shape and um you know takes it pretty serious and he's really good at uh inspiring and motivating so mm -hmm. i wanted dan to find kind of cap off the event and he did and he did a great job you this know, being the first one ever, obviously, like anything, you know, it's like you learn things that yeah. we could have coordinated better or differently or laid it out differently. And so, you know, we um, were taking, you know, any constructive criticism that anybody has yeah. and, um, you know, looking at it and trying to figure out how we make it better and continue to make it better. So just like anything, it's not always perfect the first time, but I thought this one went great and... Um, Nothing really drastic jumps out as should have been crazy different. I think it went really well. Everybody seemed to uh, get get something out of it. And also, I mean, the venue here at Big Sky in Bozeman, Montana. That's a this, nice archery This time range. of year. Yeah, you know, we got, we got shooting instruction from Corey Miller and, um, you know, C Cody Rich did some elk calling with those that – that needed some help with that. So it was a lot of instruction. Yep. I'm pretty, pretty happy we did it. Mm -hmm. I think it was well worth it. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Anything else before I get on the road? Anything else you wanted to say? Um, no, just, uh, no. No. we're at that time of year where it, we're actually starting to think about hunting seriously again it's oh. summer and you're starting to think August, about hunting well we again? think about it every what day but are you talking about? now it's got to be ramped up a little bit because uh august is coming fast and the first hunt is in august august 10th in nevada again so um have some tags this year it's exciting i drew a few things surprisingly with no points but um yeah so that's where we're at got to do some scouting Got to get some um, some trips planned out. A couple of big elk trips, one in Wyoming and Idaho and then uh, Nevada for mule deer. So got a big year coming up. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Again, we appreciate you being here. Go to iTunes, leave us a review. I guess that's it.
you're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. All right. Thanks, guys. See ya. <laughs>